and I said, I'm going to raise 10 million pounds for 10 ideas that will change the world in the next 10 years because I said I would. Power to live more with Joe Dodds. Welcome to the Power to Live More podcast, all about productivity, organisation, well-being, energy and resilience. I'm Joe Dodds and I started this show back in 2016 to enable interesting people to share their stories about how they use their power to live more and by that I mean how they focus on productivity, organisation, well-being, energy and resilience to enable them to do more of the stuff that they want to do and less of the stuff that they don't. After 241 shows, I've taken a pause from doing new interviews to reshare previous interviews. They were too good to not revisit. So please do bear in mind that this podcast might refer to events from the past as current or in the future. But rest assured that the stories, tips and advice shared by my guests continues to be pure gold. Hello, my name is Ellie Dodds and I'm co-presenter and today Joe's interviewing Danielle McLeod of Remarkable Women. Danielle and Joe met when Danielle came to speak at an Engage for Success task force meeting, in turn because Kathy Brown, our guest on show number one, had seen her speaking brilliantly at another event. They connected and when Joe was in Scotland on holiday last year, they met for coffee, as you do. Danielle gave up her big corporate career leading 10,000 people two years ago to set up a business with the brilliant Nick Devlin that would allow women to dial up their impact and live a life they love. So much has changed since then, but they've never moved from their original mantra. What if this was easy? Which forms the basis of every decision they make. Danielle published her first book, Remarkably Easy, in December last year and and is already midway through her second book, Remarkable You. She fervently believes in the power of heart-centred leadership and that pretty much anything is possible when we learn to get out of our own way. Back to the studio. Today I'm interviewing Danielle McLeod of Remarkable Women. I'm really excited to be interviewing Danielle. I don't always get to meet my guests but uh, I met Danielle um, a little while ago and uh, we've been in touch ever since. So really pleased to get you on here Danielle and I think we've been waiting months actually for this haven't we? We have, yeah, diaries trying to match. I'm so chuffed to be here. I'm really delighted. Excellent. So um, so start by telling us um, who you are, what you do, and crucially, where you do it. I run an organisation called Remarkable Women, and um, that's an evolution of a business we've been running for about two and a half years now. We've just rebranded as Remarkable Women, and our intention um, is to create more and more women in the world who are making the difference they really long to make. Um, Our experience in having been doing this work for kind of the last two and a half years is that women really, really want to make a difference. They have such a heart for the world and they don't tend to get started on the big things they dream of because they think it comes at too high a price. So either the cost of health or the cost of relationships or maybe I can't earn enough money doing this stuff that I really want to do. And so we're really working with women um, to create the things they most want to create and a life of impact and joy. Um, And so we call all of our women remarkable because they're all off on big missions. Um, We help them to develop and create that. It's just brilliant work. Um, And where do we do that? All over the world, actually. I mean, it's the beauty of the internet, right, is um, you can work with people from all over the place. So um, people in America, mainly Scotland, that's where I live, but also London, 
Um, we've got some people in Australia, in Singapore. It's such a joy actually to have access to people from all over the world now, some in India. Um, yeah, actually one in Swaziland at the moment. Um, oh, wow. I think everywhere. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's great. <laughs> that is cool. And uh, you work from home? Yeah, pretty much, oh. yeah. I mean, um, I think one of the things about having your own business is uh, I've had my own business before and um, it didn't go so well. We uh, we lost a lot of money. It was a long time ago. And um, you you got to learn to be smart about how you use your resource. And actually, with the power of um, technology and the things we can do now, it's a joy for me to work from home. I work in Edinburgh. I face the river, uh, the River Forth, um, from the place where I work. So I couldn't have a better spot. I mean, you couldn't mm. get an office as nice as where I work. So um I love that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm looking at the uh, English Channel, so uh, <laughs> we're, oh, we're looking at Similar our own pieces then. of water. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, firstly, I have to congratulate you on the fact that you pronounce women properly. <laughs> oh, thank there, you. there are so many people out there who have um, who either who either work with women or have women in their business title who say woman, and it's one of the things that really. <laughs> Causes me well, there you go. I'm so glad that I came and did it properly. <laughs> and I knew you would, but I just thought, oh, what happens if if she rocks up and says her her new business name is Remarkable Woman, and it's really women? It'll really it's annoy me. <laughs> we should talk about scones and scones then, and see where we go with that one. Yeah, exactly. Brilliant. So, so tell us a bit more about why you do what you do because you haven't always done this you've said already you've had a business in the past but you've mm. had a really big corporate job in the meantime as well yeah. why are you now doing this and, and why is it this and I think people think that's bonkers when they know what I did before so um <laughs> most latterly corporately I was director of customer service for a very well-known British company uh, and I led 10,000 people um so to move from that into a world where I'm um teaching kind of leadership I mean also teach corporate leadership as well but I'm pretty unconventional in that space so corporates who bring me in are bold and brave which I love um why why did I change because I started well there were two things for me on a personal level I wanted to have more impact which sounds insane right so people go what do you mean you wanted to have more impact you were leading 10,000 people um there's something really in exciting for me about being able to speak exactly my truth without having to represent a brand mm. um and i represented a very well-known brand very well known um and so i wanted to be able to speak in the world without having to worry about that um because yeah. sometimes what i have to say is a bit controversial and i wanted to make a bigger difference than i felt i could make in that environment um i've always this will sound ridiculous but i've always kind of had this thing since i was a child that i'm supposed to change the world um and actually people who come and and work with us pretty much feel the same way so i know i'm not alone in that madness and um what i was doing there was really fulfilling and my main work really was to have people I worked I led call centers 10,000 people in call centers in 15 different locations and my really my main work was to help them feel really significant and to love their work which is pretty challenging if you're working in a call center right and um, I just I wanted to do even more than that 
And mm. so I made the decision to come out of corporate, which was a little bit funny because the organization I worked for had set up this massive women in leadership program. And um, I was one of literally a poster girl. So they had these life-size posters of me somewhere in toilets. I mean, it was a bit bonkers. <laughs> Luckily I was looking off to the right, so it was fine. Um, it's very freaky seeing yourself on a toilet door. <laughs> And I was like a poster girl when I didn't really have a thing about women in leadership. And but I thought I can't represent the organization at this level. I was on YouTube videos, the whole thing, as speaking at events if I don't believe in it. So I spent a lot of time kind of diving into uh, gender inequality. And then after that, you know, all the other issues that come with inclusion. And um, I realized it was really a big thing. And so they kind of created Frankenstein's monster because I spent the, my last year there mentoring probably 12 women. And then I was like, oh, wouldn't it be interesting to do this? Not, uh, not in corporate. So I yeah. swore I'd never have another business. I swore I would never have another business. And then, yeah, then I did. <laughs> so, these things yeah. happen, right? Exactly. <laughs> and here we are. And so you started a, a business with somebody else as well which you know it's not as common you know lots of people mm. uh like us working from home you know helping people all that sort of stuff do it individually mm. why did you do it with somebody else that is such a great question and i think people sort of have a um a little envy really about our relationship together why did i do it with somebody else well we've been good friends for a long time she'd actually coached me out of a really difficult period in my life and actually what happened it wasn't deliberate one I wasn't planning to have my own business I'd resigned and I was going to have a year off and um, we'd gone to a big event in London as friends and on the way back she said you know I'm really missing she had her own coaching business I'm really missing being on stage I don't do it anymore and so I said um, well I'm, I've been invited to speak at this women's event at the Scotsman in Edinburgh in two weeks time why don't you come and do it with me and she said don't be ridiculous they've asked you because of who you are and I said but they said I could talk about whatever I want so long as I inspire the women. So let's do it together. Um, she didn't think I meant it, but I rang her then on the Monday and said, oh, we're all booked. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> we then took the stage to tell our story about how we'd come together as friends, actually, and the power of women in connection with each other. And it was amazing. It was a corporate event and women were crying and, and people were coming up to us at the end saying, well, how can we sign up? And we were like, sign up to what? We're not a thing. <laughs> and um, lo and behold, two weeks later, we became you a were. thing. And, yeah. And so that kind of sparked it. And I, what I would say, I think for me personally, being in partnership with somebody is absolutely glorious. But there, you got to know it's um, it's a relationship where you can really, there's a lot of permission to stretch and challenge each other. Yeah. Um, so I think people see us. I mean, we are like non-biological sisters for sure. But I think people see us on the surface and go, oh, my God, you know, the chemistry between those two is incredible. It is incredible. And it's incredible because we we really speak our truth to each other. So certainly when we're in design work, for example, that can be pretty edgy um, because we really we really push the boundaries. Um, so it's it's a glorious relationship and we're totally yin and yang. So even to the point where she, I'm brunette, she's blonde. I have a black dog, she has a white dog. <laughs> she's a meditation <laughs> monk. I'm a, like the most active action person you'll ever meet in your life. So I think what people, women get and men when they work with us is um, this beautiful blend of being and doing. And I think that's such a gift to the world that I can't imagine not doing work with her and we both do work on our own you know there's mm -hmm. um but it's all under the banner of the same organization mm. 
So that that all sounds really positive. What what are the challenges? Where have you found it difficult? Where have you had to work hard? In partnership or just in business? With no, in partnership. In partnership. Um well, right at the beginning, this is genius, and I'm so grateful we did it. Our accountant said to us, um, you must create a separation agreement. <laughs> so we've got like a prenup. Prenup, um, yeah, 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 cool. <laughs> and oh my word, that was so difficult to do. I mean, you literally felt like you were planning to really break up one of the most momentous friendships of your life. Um, yeah. And we sat in that for like a day working through it. So we did that very early on. So I reckon once you've done that, you can probably get through anything. Um, yeah. I guess what what gets challenging, um, well, sometimes I want to go a million miles an hour and Nick really wants to slow things down. And sometimes, yeah. um, and there's such a gift in that. And she's, um, one of Nick's real gifts is to bring, kind of beauty and delight to everything that we do whereas I'll be like it's good enough <laughs> and so um there can be tensions all the time in the very fact that we're very different so we're yeah. really aligned in our thinking and we do things in different ways and we know to embrace that and um but that doesn't mean we don't have to have sticky conversations to get to the other side we can have I mean design meetings generally for us we've just done one today which was great um but actually often they can be quite painful and we know it now we have to go right this is gonna be a tough day let's just get to the other side and give each other a big <laughs> hug <laughs> yeah because what comes out is magic um yeah and also we have very different ways of um what's that? how would i describe it just living our lives like we both subscribe to kind of morning rituals and how do we look after ourselves we have a very strong teaching thing about protecting the asset as in ourselves um and yet we do live quite different lives. So just the, you know, making the right amount of time to be with each other. We're pretty good at that. And we have to really honor it. Mm -hmm. um, so it is glorious. I mean, you know, in simple challenges around when there are two of you doing something, you also have to charge twice the price. <laughs> so, yeah. um, you know, that affects your pricing models. And so if people want both Nick and I at an event, that's it's you know, a much more significant cost than having one of us. And yet people who do it know that they get this glorious blend of mm -hmm. yin and yang. And I think even if you take the fact that Nick's a meditation monk and I'm not, but we're both you know, we really do a lot of work. We, we have a whole section of all the work we do is called choice and it's about mastering the mind. And what's so beautiful is she takes it from one angle and I take it from another. So we have more than one way of teaching the same thing. Mm -hmm. And I actually think that's really important. You'll know from the work that you do. Some people get it when it's explained one way and then you explain it another way and they get it somebody else gets it mm -hmm. and so there's a real benefit of Nick and I coming at things from very different perspectives but being quite congruent in what we want the outcome to be you know mm -hmm. um, yeah, yeah so yeah mm -hmm. it's 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 glorious and challenging and um I think I drive her mad more than she does me because I <laughs> I ring her up and go I've had this idea and she's like oh sweet lord <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, she, she's like I have to brace myself so especially if I go away and do like some intense development she plans for a couple of days to recover and she hasn't been <laughs> <That's brilliant. laughs> because she knows I'm going to come back with something wild which I always do to be fair to her yeah. the women's a saint honestly <laughs> <laughs> so talk talk us through 
how you transition from working in corporate with the sort of structures of, oh, yeah. you know, I was going to say nine to five, but it won't have been that, will it? But, you know, the structures of being in an organisation, having to work in a certain way and then being able mm. to do exactly what you want. Oh, what a brilliant question. Well, yeah, kind of can't. I mean, that's really interesting that you say that. So I, I did a post on this on LinkedIn recently around, um, I think I've got it nailed, but I'm also envious of you. And because um, I thought it was really important to share that perspective around. So here are the things that are utterly glorious. I still I'm two and a half years out of corporate now. And I don't I still don't have an alarm clock apart from the odd day where I'm traveling mm. and I wake up every morning and I cannot explain to you how grateful I am for that. Um, the ability to work to my own rhythms. I, if I could get into every corporate and let them create that for people, I think it would be a game changer from a health perspective. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, whatever's going on entrepreneurially, whatever's bad or good, I just wake up and I'm like, I didn't have an alarm clock. <laughs> that's fabulous. And also, um, you know, just this ability to to kind of work when you want to. I would say it's yes and no. Um, it's very glorious to entirely choose what you spend your time on. And equally, you know, I've got to say, I had a very senior job for certainly the last six years of my corporate career. So I miss having a PA. I have a VA now, but that's not the same. Um, I miss having a PA. I miss, I really miss being able to walk into a room with a glorious vision and have 12 people there waiting for me to explain to them what it is and they just go and do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, it's good that you've, 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 you know, got that honesty. <laughs> yeah. I can, yeah, so I can like, imagine. <laughs> I can have these amazing visions and I'm like, well, if I don't do it, it's not going to get done. <laughs> so um, I think that, but, the benefit of that is actually we do a lot of what we call ruthless pruning. Um, we spend a lot of time deciding what we're going to spend our time on. And so we're quite ruthless about does this bring us joy? Um, do we really love to do this? If not, can does it need to be done? Can we outsource it? Um, and don't get me wrong, we're not like flowing with abundant, we haven't got a massive team behind us, but we have people we can outsource to. And so actually our, the design of our work is very much built around what do we most enjoy doing, which means we're ruthless about who we work with. Um, we say no to some individuals and some corporates where we just go, have a sense that you might be an energy drain for us. Um, yeah. And that's really lovely. I expected it to be easier in some ways and tougher in others than it was one of the things I expected to be gloriously brilliant was I just thought I was going to become some incredible like I'll be at the gym every day and I'll, I'll drink green smoothies and I'll just be a glowing goddess you know and because I've got all this space to do things um and then the thing I thought would be hard would be the losing my corporate identity and um you know losing all those people that I'd been around who I really loved and lo and behold did I not I didn't go to the gym because I was knackered. <laughs> I was so tired. I think it took me a year to recover, to be honest. So we were building a business and I was utterly exhausted. Um, so now I, I do actually, I swim every day. I swim every weekday. Um, but that took a long time to build those rhythms. I definitely had a story. I was just going to wake up on the Monday and, you know, have this lovely health regime that was yeah. just rubbish. That did not happen. Um, and I didn't miss my corporate identity. And that was astounding to me. Like really astounding because I went really from one of the biggest people leadership jobs in the country to kind of being nobody. And do you know what? What changed that for me? I was so clear that I was finally facing my kind of life purpose. 
Yeah. And I think then I didn't care anymore. I didn't care that I didn't have that identity. Mm. Um, I did miss the regular salary company. <laughs> let's not pretend. Let's not pretend that you don't miss that one, right? You, you miss that certainty. Um, yeah. So the things I thought would happen didn't, and other yeah. things did. Yeah. Um, I think I'm beyond the point of no return now. Uh, I would go so far as to say I suspect I'm unemployable. I was going to say, join um, in the ranks of the unemployable. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Yes. And, you know, I, I wear that badge with pride now. Yeah. I love the yeah. fact that I have permission to say what I want to say. And mm. the only person that has a consequence on is me or sometimes Nick. Um, yeah, it's some transition. Second time around, much easier than first. I think, to be fair, having had a business um, pretty much go bankrupt, uh, I think I learned many of the very hard lessons first time around. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember even when we had that business, we, we got venture capital for that business. And one of the guys that we met said, come back when you've gone bust. He said, I will invest in this. I will invest in this business, but not not now. He said, because you're you're going to make stupid mistakes and I'm not paying for them. And um, at the wow. time, I was like, that's, that's ridiculous. <laughs> and I look back at it and go, what a genius. Because you know yeah. what? We didn't we didn't have the energy to do it twice. No, and no. um he was a smart, smart man. And so whilst I would never wish on anybody the experience that we had, and it wasn't, it was a construction business, so it was much more complex than what I do now. Um, I'm so grateful for it because mm. when we started this business, there were some daft things I already knew not to do. <laughs> you know, like spend, <laughs> yeah. like spend many thousands of pounds on a website. Why does anyone do that? <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Um, it's interesting isn't it I I started my business I don't know 13 and a half years ago now and I've done loads of different things we were laughing before we came on um how people will never know what I do because I've changed what I do and I also do random things in my business now that I don't tell people about particularly because they aren't what I really do (laughs) if you see what I mean um but you know there's stuff that I enjoy but they're they're not my sort of offering if you like and um but it is I I feel I said on I think a podcast recently that I'm actually looking back at the stuff I was teaching around online marketing 10 years ago and and actually reteaching myself what I used to teach other people because I sort of forgot a lot of it and I got too sophisticated Mm. and and bored with how it was and all that sort of stuff and and I'm actually now thinking you know cool nearly 14 years down the line I'm actually probably doing it you know almost right (laughs) compared to what I've been doing for the last 14 years and it does take a while and just learning, doesn't it? So, yeah, but it's so easy to get sucked into all the noise. Yeah. It's so easy, you know, especially for people who are doing coaching, as an example. Um, you know, there's so many people out there telling you how to do it. And, mm-hmm. you know, we launched our online program off the back of um, Jeff Walker's launch model, for example, which yep. was highly, highly successful for us except it kind of wasn't. So it worked the first time. The second time it was so much harder. Mm-hmm. And what we realized was it we were a long way away from passive income. It just it wasn't passive. I mean, there's no such thing as passive, right? But let's call it um, you know, income that you do one big shot of work on and then and then the rest kind of comes in a bit more gently. And yeah. so there is a lot of test and learn, a lot. And um in the end we got very clear that a, a huge following was going to dilute what we really wanted to create. And so we kind of went for, you know, the whole, the whole thousand true fans perspective rather than yeah. the um, let's have this mass following and, and let's like be almost quite generic as a consequence of that. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that stood us in really good stead, really mm-hmm. good stead. And so you, you said it's sort of two and a half years since mm. you started and you have 
just literally the, the week we're speaking obviously yeah. this will be published in a little while um rebranded you you know you, yeah. you have changed already so you yeah know, tell us a bit more about how that came about <laughs> oh and that was edgy yeah well <laughs> when we started our business was initially called somebody inside it was this whole message around there's somebody inside you waiting to come out and let's yeah. draw them out um I guess you evolve and grow. So um, that was a business targeted at women again. Um, but around this whole point in life where you kind of wake up one day, hang on a minute, is this it? Did I mean to create this life? Um, which I think is quite classic. Uh, we call it the midlife transformation, not the crisis. <laughs> and, um, we really, really loved that work and it, it went really well. And, it, and um, I realized that I was diluting my personal message and that actually deep inside me was this whole, but you're supposed to change the world, Daniel. You're supposed to change the world. And that's what you're women. You need to go and find more people who want to do that because they're the people who really inspire you. And so um, last year, I signed up to go to an intensive in Los Angeles with Rich Litvin. I don't know if you've come across him. He wrote The Prosperous Coach. Yeah. Um, and I had a real sense that he was going to be my person and so I went to this intensive it was brilliant um I then ended up signing up for one of his programs which actually wasn't for me and I've been coaching with him uh for the last year I'm just about to finish um and Rich really encouraged me to speak only to women who were like me and right. somebody had met me for dinner I'd been thinking about this program called conscious leadership which is actually what part of what we do in corporates for a while and I'd met this woman for dinner and she said to me um I had a message from some so-and-so and so-and-so the other day who I didn't even know who they were and I said oh I'm going to meet Danielle McLeod do you know her and apparently what he said was you'll love Danielle she's a remarkable woman <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. I don't receive a lot of compliments but do you know that one I was like oh I like that <laughs> you know mm. like I, I really like that there are loads of words people might use about me but I really like remarkable and so I then, um, as I was starting to build this kind of world of what do I want to create, I built a community on my own. We were really clear that Nick doesn't love the kind of online community work in the same way that I do because she likes to work powerfully with less people, whereas I quite like reach on a different level. So I said, yeah. I'm going to set up this community called Remarkable Women and it's going to be focused on a life of impact as well as joy. And um, what was so lovely about it was people were like when you say to somebody I run a community called Remarkable Women you largely can guess what that is when you say I run a business called Somebody Inside people look at you with like blank eyes <laughs> and go I'm yeah. oh, sorry what does that mean and I just got really women I most wanted to work with we could create transformation for anybody but the women I most wanted to work with and the men actually so I the corporate work I do with men and women it's very similar work it's just not it's not it's not focused on the feminine obviously um was work with women who would take that transformation and feed what we call the big hunger. We nicked that from a woman called Tara Rye Trent. So the big hunger in them to have meaning and purpose. And um, it was a natural evolution. What's hard, Joe, is you've been building a following for two and a half years and we have a very healthy following. You're kind of like, oh my word, we have to say goodbye to some of them now. Um, mm. And how is that going to go down? How are people going to feel about it? We also went well before we were ready. So we have a one page website, having had a very comprehensive website. So we were just like, we could spend months farting around with what goes on the new website mm. and that will hold us up. Yeah. And um, so it felt really scary because I think I think 
um, there's a lot of entrepreneurs out there who would say, you know, a lot of great, a lot of ideas that would work, people give up on them too soon. Um, and somebody inside was doing really, really well. And so was, so was Remarkable Women. So we call it like our baby's just grown up into a teenager. <laughs> and this <laughs> yeah. is, this is her new name as a consequence. So it is a rebrand. It's powerful. The, the Even the logo is very similar. You know, you would see the transition, but we're very clear now come and do transformational work with us because you want to explore your deepest dreams and come to us because you have a heart for the world. So I'm not particularly interested in teaching women how to earn more money. I don't think there's anything wrong with that, by the way. But, you know, if someone comes to me and says, I just want to be more in my corporate career and I dig around and it's like, yeah, but why? Um, well, I want to have a bigger house and more designer bags. I, I am like, great, let me introduce you to X or Y. Yeah. Because my personal desire is to play really boldly in the world. And what's been so interesting is um, as we've started to do that, what has changed as a consequence? I mean, um, you're probably going to ask me this later on, but <laughs> one of the... Um, one of the things that happened when I was I was at a three-day intensive with Rich uh, in London recently. So there were 10 of us. One woman had come from Australia to London. You know, this was a big deal. And um, I had spent three days talking about how I, I really wanted to play big. And we had to do, like, speed coaching. So there was five of us sat opposite another five. And this guy from Belgium had said to me the day before, I've got something for you and it might be too edgy for you. And Richard said, oh, we haven't got time now, you know, pick it up with Danielle separately. And I dodged him because I didn't want to hear it. <laughs> and lo and behold, is, is he not the last person uh, facing me at the end of the speed coaching? And I just looked at him and I said, what have you got for me? And we had three minutes. It was brilliant. And he looked me in the eye and he said, stop talking about playing big, play big. And then he didn't speak for the rest of the three <laughs> I was like oh man genius so on the next day so it was the same day we did this thing in the afternoon where we had to do this thing called because I said I would and so you had to write a commitment and Rich was like you know play big because you've been with me for three days what do you want to create yeah. you had to write this commitment and the idea was you would speak it aloud and you would say because I said I would yeah so I'm sat there I've no idea where this came from I'd never thought it in my life and I look up and there's him and this other guy in the room who also was doing incredible stuff and then I wrote this thing down and Rich said read your sentence aloud and I said I'm going to raise 10 million pounds for 10 ideas that will change the world in the next 10 years because I said I would and then I had to go and tell my husband and Nick that I'd committed to that. <laughs> <laughs> and we're like three weeks on from that um four weeks maybe joe i can't tell you what's changed as a consequence it's astounding we are in some really the first thing we think we're going to fund which i can't even share because we're literally in conversation today um it's so exciting the community are beyond excited about it but it's opening up all these new conversations mm. and so i feel like the rebrand has been um because I know it's going to happen. Like, I have no idea how to raise 10 million quid, but I know we're going to do it. And um, so the rebrand has almost given me permission to step up. Yeah. Uh, and that's what I needed. So it's a, we've called it, um, it's a bit like Mr. Ben. We've just gone in the shop and put on a new outfit. We're still the same people, <laughs> um, but we're just being laser focused with our intention. Yeah. Um, so it's super exciting. Yeah. Now you've reminded me of uh, a story that I read through your newsletter on your blog, I think, um, about a hashtag that you're using. 
Because oh, your dear. husband said something similar to you, didn't he, a few weeks ago as well. So what is your story yeah. on that? <laughs> so I have a hashtag, which is hashtag T-M-R-W-I-S. And it doesn't come from me. So if anyone's interested, go and look up T-B-O-L-I-T-N-F-L. That's T-B-O-L-I-T-N-F-L. And it's essentially a... Um, an identity that you create for yourself and live into. So my hashtag stands for, uh, T-M-R-W-I-S, stands for the most remarkable woman in Scotland. And um, it came from watching this, one of the world's leading coaches do this work with somebody else. And I'd been doing coaching with loads of my clients around creating new job titles and real job titles, not hashtags. And some one several of my clients going well what's yours and I was like I haven't got one and <laughs> the more I sat with it the more difficulty I had coming up with it and then I watched this video and I thought I can do that I can create a hashtag and something really incredible happened off the back of it so I was like right it's the most remarkable woman in Scotland and I have to say um several people say to me why is it not the most remarkable woman in the world and I'm like uh Michelle Obama <laughs> <laughs> so and several other women I don't even I don't really own Scotland right but it's it's a great thing to play with um I literally uh incredible thing happened um that day I'd had uh or the day before somebody had written to me who'd asked me to speak at an event and um he he'd asked me to speak he'd asked me to save the date and everything and then I got an email saying oh we haven't booked you because we had loads of people and um, can you do the June one instead? And I was a bit miffed. And then I was like, oh, well, it was a really difficult date for me to do, so that's fine. And I came up with this hashtag. And then I woke up the next morning, I was really angry. And I was like, he's just rejected the most remarkable woman in school. <laughs> and so I thought, well, he needs to know that. So I didn't tell him that. But I wrote him this email. And I just said, um, I just want to write to you, I said, because... I just I think you might have forgotten that you invited me to speak at this event and I said I just want you to know that you only have um you know as well as I do that maybe only one or two people at conferences really change the game for everybody in the room and I said I really want you to know I'm one of those people and so I said I want this to be a success for you he was launching a new thing and I said so um I absolutely will come to this event in June as long as I can make the date don't pass me by again and I sent the email and then nearly crapped myself to be honest. <laughs> I was like, I didn't that. And um, he wrote back to me and he said, I've never read anything like this in my life. When can we speak? I mean, actually, we're in a really great relationship now and I'm speaking at several events for him and, and we're doing all kinds of things together. But you know, there's something really interesting about, um, so often now when I get stuck, I say to myself, what would the most remarkable women in Scotland do? And that wasn't, that email wasn't about me being cocky. It was actually about me saying, I really want this to be a success for you. You're mad to turn me down. Because one of, you know, Joe, one of the things yeah. I do really well is speak at conferences. Yeah, like it's yeah, one of my yeah. gifts. And so I just thought, I have to let him know that. So when I put on my, um, I, have a, I have a like a job plaque and everything. When I look up and I see that, I'm like, oh, what would she do? I hate her sometimes because she's really bold. And my <laughs> husband, now, whenever I'm stuck, he just looks at me and he goes, what would she do, Daniel? <laughs> and I'm like, don't ask me that question. <laughs> but loads of my clients have hashtags now. And yes. um, I put it on everything. And yeah. um, it, But it took a while for me to fess up what it was because obviously it just sounds really cocky. <laughs> it did. It did. So I remember reading it and you were sort of going, I've been putting this all over social media, but I just haven't told anyone what it means. <laughs> Well, why would you, right? Because it's like, who would say that? But I think when you explain to people, it just enables me to 
just to behave differently in a really powerful way. Um, So like the most remarkable woman in Scotland doesn't think raising 10 million quid's enough for it. (laughs) In fact, even as I raised it, she was like, should you not make that 100 million? I was like, we'll start with 10. Because, like, the most I've ever raised in a one is like 120k, right? So, to suddenly say 10 million, but that's why we've given ourselves 10 years. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I, I love the most remarkable woman in Scotland. I also, she she also bugs me a little bit sometimes. Yes, I can imagine. I can imagine. So, so you, you briefly uh, mentioned uh, morning routines and things when you were talking about mm. your relationship with Nick. Tell us a bit more about that and, and maybe even some contrast because you both do things, but maybe. As, as she's the meditation monk and you're not, there'll be some differences. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, I, I pretend to meditate where she actually does. <laughs> and I, I do think one of the core differences probably is that um, my, like, absolute non-negotiable with morning routine is my journal. And yeah. um, she's only recently started to adopt that because for me, it's a way to get out of my mind um, what needs processing. And so I started with the artist way years ago. I've been journaling for three years now. And more recently, um, I answer four questions every morning. So what's awesome about today? Because I want to start my day with excitement. Then I write my big creative goal. So that's my big mission. I write the same thing every single day about what am I going to create in the next 25 years. And then I write a bit of um, thoughts around what comes up for me, which sometimes is, that's never going to happen, is it? (laughs) (laughs) And then... I write about what's getting in the way, which is always the same thing, time, uh, tiredness, or uh, my mind, you know, like you just can't, you can't, anxiety. And then I write about how am I going to be today? So I sort of start and finish with today, and then I step into what am I creating? I found that's a really powerful way to have my subconscious on gear. Um, And so my subconscious now knows that we're out in the world creating a movement of remarkable women. unleashing 50,000 heart-centered leaders into the world and we're creating we're raising 10 million pounds in the next 10 years and I write about that every single day and Mm. um I would never swap that Joe I mean it's I I can't imagine not doing it even if some days I only write a page rather than two or three um that's really fundamental Mm. whereas Nick started to do that but of course her absolute non-negotiable would be her meditation yeah um I had back surgery three years ago and back trouble for 12 years before that took all of that like to totally break to realize maybe I should listen to my physio when she says do Pilates <laughs> and so um I'm finally doing Pilates uh every day and, and my permission with that is as long as I do a stretch of some sort it counts but my mm-hmm. ideal is to do uh 15 minutes um I I swim every weekday morning uh 25 lengths at least and I have a jacuzzi straight after, which is important. Um, <laughs> that's my reward. <laughs> and um, I will start my day with, as well as my breakfast, a shot of apple and ginger, because I think ginger is the medicine from God. Um, and since I've sort of incorporated fresh ginger into my life, I, I have to say, I'm like, I don't want to say this in case it's, it doesn't become true, but I'm pretty invincible. I don't catch things. Like mm-hmm. I don't get colds or, um, I, you know, I get other things like back surgery. But in terms of like viruses that are flying around, I don't get them. So mm-hmm. that's kind of, um, that's my rhythm now. But we've, I mean, for your listeners, if no one's got their hands on it yet, the book is Atomic Habits by James Clear. Um, I don't know if you've read it yet. This guy has just nailed 
nailed the whole business of creating habits and mm. what he says is just get one right and he says many things but get one right and then introduce another one and start slowly and build and yeah. I realized that actually over the last two and a half years um, of course I didn't just wake up and become this kind of new habit person but when I look back on what I've created now versus where I was it's quite incredible yeah, um, yeah. so I love the thing you said about Sorry, just where you said about um, the stretching, you know, I think that's a real key thing as well, that if you, it's like I used to try and do like 10,000 steps a day because, you know, that's what everyone says you should. And then I thought, well, actually, I just can't do that for whatever reason every day. So I sort of thought, well, you know, less is good as long as I do something. And then mm. some days I can't even really leave the house because there's stuff to, to, to do. But mm. I, you know, I'm happy in the fact that I have a three story house that, you know, I'm up and down the stairs all the time and I have a standing desk, mm. uh, you know, and I'm moving. And that's actually probably my you know fallback position which is you know keep moving keep standing yeah and you know that is good enough on those days where you just can't do the extra stuff well I have this real thing Joe about um I want to live a long life like it was really mm -hmm. funny our um our uh financial advisor came to see us recently and he said to me and John you know so we we financially plan for you to live till you're 80 and me and John looked at him in horror <laughs> and I said, well, I, I said, well, you don't want to do that. And he said, what do you mean? I said, well, I'm going for 100, maybe 120. And yeah. um, John laughed and he went, I don't think that long for me. So, but like 95. I mean, yeah. his family lived to that long anyway. And yeah. I'm dead serious about that. But but I want to live for a long time and have a body that can do that with, with me. Yeah. And so... Yeah. Um, don't get me wrong, you're not going to meet me and go, oh my word, she's um, she's clearly an athlete, because I'm absolutely not. But I do want to have a body that um, is flexible. And one of the things you learn after you've had spinal surgery is, um, you know, I can ache when I wake up in the morning. I'm thinking, blimey, what if 70-year-old me can't get out of bed, right? Yeah. And so just committing to those, um, those cat stretches in the morning and more if there's time, I don't give myself permission to take that out anymore. But what James Clear says in his book, which I think is really powerful, is he says, don't miss two days in a row. You know, unless right. you get flu or something like that. Yeah. So yeah. what he says is everybody will miss one. Everybody, everybody will miss one day, and that's fine. You know, these things happen. He yeah. said, but as soon as you give yourself permission to miss two, you're rewiring the brain back to what it already, what it yeah. knows more traditionally, which is not doing this. Mm. And so mm. I really love that. Like I can let myself off one day, and and if I was proper poorly, obviously I wouldn't be up doing cat stretches. But um, I don't let myself off too. Mm -hmm. oh, that's really interesting. So yeah. we haven't talked about your book. I think we no. should. <laughs> it's in my bedside drawer, and uh, oh, I'm about two thirds of the way Never through. Never to come out. <laughs> I, yeah, no, no, I, I, out. I tend not to read business books when it's time to go to sleep because that tends to. Um, I hope you're well, not I, describing I, my book as a business book. <laughs> yeah, well, I know exactly. I know, but as in, I like I like fiction because it's yeah, something that right. I say is going to be enjoyable. Yeah. <laughs> and, well, yeah. This, so this is leading up to a compliment. Um. So my business reading tends to be, you know, during the day, and so the idea of having a book that is not fiction. So I'm not mm. saying it's business, but not fiction. Um. Sat next to my bed. Uh. That I would potentially read before I go to sleep is unusual mm. but yours oh. well and also I know you obviously but yours yeah. is just you speaking it's just yeah. so, I love the way that you've captured yourself in your book <laughs> mm, thank you thank you it's so funny because um I'm not sure I know how to write any other way although and so it's such consistent feedback that people are like oh my word it's like having a conversation with you and the amount of people that I don't know 
who've written to me since we published Remarkably Easy and who say, um, I just feel like I know you, I know you, and are you yeah. in my head? And <laughs> I'm so chuffed about that because it's such, um, it's such a big thing for the imposter in us to publish a book. Mm. It certainly was a really big deal for me. You're like just waiting for someone to tell you it's rubbish mm. and um, to affirm your own belief that it is. And I, I thought, I, I've always had this story that my writing almost isn't academic enough. And um, of course the book's called Remarkably Easy, so it should be easy, but it, I didn't want it to be easy as in not fun, you know? And so mm. I wanted people to have this real sense of, I can see you and what you're up to, right? And because <laughs> I do it too. <laughs> and um, so that's kind of the style of the book, really. Like we're we're all doing this and pretending we're not, aren't we? <laughs> and um, yeah. and I, it's been so lovely to have people come back and say, actually, do you know, that's why we love it. And I had some great feedback from my old mentor, who's the COO of the business I used to work for. And he said, can you make this book so I could read it on a plane? Um, <laughs> And he said, I don't like long business books, Danielle. And, and obviously the book's not targeted at, at men, although lots of men have read it, interestingly. But I, I don't know, something about that must have landed because it's written for you to be able to really easily just read a short chapter, seemingly take yeah. quite a lot from it, answer the questions and then just put it down and be like, oh, you know, you could probably work with that question for a week if you wanted mm -hmm. to, or you could just go straight to the next one. Um, yeah. What's interesting, Joe, I guess is, um, now I'm in the middle of the second book. I stupidly uh, started reading Stephen King's on writing. And uh, while I was writing the first book, it's a brilliant book. So it's not stupid because it's a rubbish book. It's a great book. But for the wily amongst you who, who get the book, and I challenge you to spot this now, there's two pages in the book which were edited after um, after I read it. So they were done, it was done in the eighth edit. And my husband's the only person who spotted it. And he went, there's two pages in that book that are like, they're a bit different. And I went, I know, I meant to go back and change them and I didn't do it. And, oh, <laughs> my editor, yeah, and um, where well, I've sort of gone a bit more, a bit less chatty, basically, yes. a bit more like a regular book. And um, the new book is, I realise, is a bit more in that style. And um, I'm having to go, I'm going to have to go back and edit it uh, mm. back to the chatty style, because I think that's what people enjoy so much about the first one yeah so so what's what's your your pitch for the first one so what why should people read it or not should we don't like should why will yeah. people enjoy reading it and how why will they find it useful well firstly you'll have a good laugh at yourself i think <laughs> around around just all this stuff about oh i'm gonna be a green smoothie drinking yoga goddess and, <laughs> and and like i've started this thing 900 times but i think the 900 and once time is gonna work you know? <laughs> and, um, so I think you should read it just to lighten up on yourself a little yeah. bit. And then I think you should read it for some really easy, small steps that you can take that in combination will change the game. Here's yeah. the thing I know, Joe, beyond anything else now, you can set a really, really massive goal for yourself, but it always starts with the tiniest step. And, and I mean really tiny. It's like I had a big conversation with somebody today who said, um, you know, I just don't know how to rest in a nourishing way. And I said, well, that's what we've got to work out. I said, but you do know how to go to bed five minutes earlier. <laughs> yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. And she just looked at me and smiled and I went, just start there, you know. Yeah. And I, I think the book is full of all those small things that are really powerful. But they're, but it also acknowledges that um, 
we just tell ourselves a load of rubbish sometimes and we need to stop mm -hmm. <laughs> and it gives you ways to do that um it's do you know sometimes it's the bizarrest thing i've had this experience many times in my writing i read it because obviously, obviously i'm doing lots of um webinars and talking at corporate events and you know just sharing it with the world and every time I, I forget what's in it and I read it and I'm like did I write this I forgot this is really good this bit <laughs> <laughs> I've been listening maybe back should... to my podcast thinking the yeah. same thing it's funny isn't it <laughs> maybe I should take my own advice here I think the consistent feedback, a lot of people have said, you know what, I don't read these kind of books, but I'm so glad I read this one. Mm -hmm. And um, wow, I mean, that's such a massive compliment. So you used to be saying it's by your bedside. Read it because it's fun. It's light. It's insight into you that you know, but it's going to wake you up a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And if you only did two or three of the things that are in there, but you really you really found a new way to do them because of the way they're explained, then yeah. you want to watch, you know? Yeah, yeah, lovely, thank you. So um, I've got two questions I ask everybody. Um, mm -hmm. First one is, uh, what about on those days where it all goes horribly wrong? How do you deal with those? <laughs> <laughs> oh, do you know something? We, we really teach this thing about, um, you know, like literally that day that you wake up and a few things go belly up, right? And then you go, I'm having a bad day. And um, I don't believe in bad days. Yeah. Uh, I believe in bad moments. So mm -hmm. I totally believe that something happens that knocks you off kilter. I think it is a choice to continue and go, well, now I'm writing off the whole day. <laughs> yes. And so, and I also think the, the choice to write off the whole day means you can take a four out of 10 day and make it a one out of 10 day because you're in that downward spiral. And so my job when I wake up and I'm having a four out of 10 day is to not panic about it and to be with yeah. it and to just go, well, it's a four out of 10 day today. That's fine. You know? Mm -hmm. And, um, because, because the mind is like a bit freaked out by that. It's like, no, no, no. We turn four out of 10 days into one out of 10 days. And it's like, <laughs> and so I want to yeah. be really clear because I think people meet me and they think I've got it nailed that is so not the case I mean I've had two eating mm. disorders in my life we're not talking about somebody who doesn't have a mind that drives her wild um and also the other thing that I do is I'm really honest with my husband I want I give this tip to everybody right you know you wake up in the morning sometimes and the world is like five degrees off but nothing actually happened and yeah. you're like in a bad mood, but you're like, how, how am I in a bad mood? I went to bed fine, and now I'm in a filthy <laughs> mood. And your partner, you try and hide it, right? So your partner or your kids or whoever's around you, they like tiptoe around you, and mm. they think they've done something to annoy you. Yeah. And so my husband and I have a deal now that when we wake up and that's how life is for us, one of us will turn to the other and go, do you know what? I've just woken up a bit odd today, <laughs> and I want you to know you didn't do anything, and I'm not even sure why. And the next question from either of us will always be, do you want to talk about that? And the person will either go, yes or no yeah. and yeah. we don't rush to fix each other but it it takes a lot of sweat off if you can just go I think I might be a grumpy woman today um, yeah. know that know that you haven't done anything and know I'm doing everything I can to not be that it's quite a game changer <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah absolutely and so the last question is what about those days where you've had chance, the chance to live more? So that's where I talk about you getting to do more of the stuff that you want to do and less of the mm. stuff that you feel you should do or you have to do. What does that day look mm. like? Oh, um, what does it look like? Well, I just totally love, I love, love, love what I do. I want to be really clear about that. Uh, a couple of months ago, my husband came in and he wanted us to go on holiday. And I was like, what do you want me to leave all this? <laughs> 
actually like I'm doing my writing and I'm coaching people and I love this you know so but it's not always like that but on the whole it's um there's no finance in that day ever um <laughs> yeah it's like uh what am I doing I've spoken I've coached somebody who has deeply inspired me um yeah. I had I had two sessions yesterday that were just beyond exciting I've done something that I didn't think could happen or I could do so for example I met somebody last week to ask him for help on something and within a day he had introduced me to somebody everybody would know a household name um around I think you two can help each other and it's like how does that happen you know <laughs> and so um it, I don't know, Joe. They're the days where there's like magic in the air, mm-hmm. um, and they're the days that fire you up on the bad days. You're like, yeah, but last week I did this, you know. So I'm probably I've, I'm reading a great book, uh, as in on that day. I'm doing a little bit of I've written a little piece that's just made me smile, and I've had a conversation with somebody. Like yesterday, I I had a coaching conversation with somebody, a man actually, and something came to me and I said I just said this it's this isn't it and he just like exhaled and there were tears in his eyes and he just went thank you <laughs> and I just mm-hmm. looked at him and I went, are we done now and he said yeah and that's just beyond exciting mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. it's beyond exciting also when we do our retreats similar so I don't know I, it's not it's not me that does it. This sound bonkers, a bit woo-woo, and I'm not very woo-woo. Um, it's like you just got to put your ego to one side and listen deeply. And then in my experience, something comes out of my mouth. I'm like, well, where did that even come from? A bit like the book. Mm. <laughs> You're like, did I do that? <laughs> and it's, it, it's like, I don't know, magic. Mm. Mm. <laughs> now I just sound like a crazy person, but that is my experience. <laughs> But crazy in all the right ways, I think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's been brilliant interview, Danielle, as I, as I knew it would be. I'm so pleased that uh, you were able to, to spend the time with me. Uh, tell people how they can get to contact you and find out more about you. Yeah, super easy on our one-page website. Uh, <laughs> so you can find me um, on remarkablewomen.co.uk. We're having a little negotiation with the world about .com right now. And... Um, <laughs> On LinkedIn, Danielle McLeod, M-A-C-L-E-O-D, and also, um, I'd say on Facebook, but you're probably going to have to look for somebody inside to ignore that for now. Um, <laughs> or you can just, do you know what? Just write to me, Danielle at remarkablewomen.co.uk. I, I genuinely, I reply to everybody who writes, and I particularly love it when people randomly write, say, I've read your book and you don't know who I am, and I'm like, oh, you've made my day. So um, I love people. Brilliant. And it's just thank been you. so good to talk to you, Joe. Thank you so much for the invitation. Yeah, and thank you again. So uh, it's just been great. Yeah, brilliant. Thanks. Are you a home-based coach or consultant feeling like you need a bit of help? Our Power to Live More Calm membership is designed to meet you where you're at with the help you need in the moment so you can get unstuck, move forwards and get stuff done. You might think this sounds too good to be true, or maybe wondering how it would fit with how you work and run your business. Why not have a no-obligation chat with Jo to see how she can help you? All you need to do is go to powertolivemore.com slash calmcall. Use your power to live more. 